I don't want to take his jacket off, but I'm, I'm almost there. We appreciate everybody being here today. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, I'm glad you're here with me. Come on. We appreciate everybody being here. I'm excited to see what God is doing in this house. And let me tell you something. We are just getting started. We have not seen, we've just barely scratched the surface of what God is going to do here. Can we give God praise for that right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you got your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Hebrews 12, 27. Hebrews 12, 27. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to shake things up today. Hebrews 12, 27. Praise God. Now, when you get there, look this way at me real quick. Let me see your beautiful faces. And just put a big smile on your face. Amen. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say, it feels so good to smile. Even if we were arguing on the way here. I got you. <laughs> I hear people say all the time, well, me and my husband, my wife, we never fight. Well, it must be nice. <laughs> Hebrews 12, 27. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this word. I praise you and I bless you this day. Make your word alive today in here this morning, Father. I know, Father, that you give us a word today, but you give it to demonstrate it. And I know that through this word today, Father, that people's lives are going to be shook up. You're going to break things off of us that does not belong. And there's some giants in here this morning that's going to come alive today. We thank you and we praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Hebrews 12, 27, it says, And this word, somebody say this word, yet once more signified the removing of things that are shaken. Somebody say shaken. As of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may what? Mm. There are times in our life, and I want you to listen to me very closely. There are times in our life where it seems like things are being shook in our life. Things that we thought would always be there, things that we thought were permanent, that were steadfast, that we could always turn to. It seems like there are times that come in our life where those things are shaken. And a lot of times, if it's something that you rely on, and if it's something you put your trust in and confide in, when those things are shook, let me tell you what goes on. You become shaken. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You see, and there's many different reasons, and I'm going to cover these reasons today. There's many different reasons on why that God allows things to be shook in your life. Sometimes it's because you rely on something else instead of Him. Sometimes it's because you've become complacent. What, I'm, what am I saying? You've become lukewarm. You've, not be, you, you've lost your fire. You've lost your hunger with God. And sometimes God allows things to be shook in your life to get you back on track. Come on, somebody. And then there are other times that God allows things to be shook in your life to show you what's important and what isn't. Oh, Jesus. Some of you in here this morning, you are saying your life is shaken. 
There are things around, it seems like your life is so unsteady, it's so wavering, you don't know what to do, you don't know who to turn to, what to look for. I'm going to help you in here this morning, and I've come to tell you that right now you need to be praising God instead of worrying. You say, why should I praise God when things, whenever it seems like everything's being shaken in my life? Why should I praise God? Why should I have confidence in who I am in Christ? I'll tell you why. Because here's the great thing about when things are shaking, and I just read it to you. When things quit shaking, the very things that are left is the things that's valuable. Oh, somebody better give Him praise. You say, what you talking about? How many's ever gone through something and you came out with less than what you had? Oh, you thought I was going to say the other thing, didn't you? But come on, let's be real. How many of you came out with less than what you had? Can I drop a praise in on you? Be thankful. You say, why? Because those things wouldn't have lasted anyways. God was just showing you what was going to stick with you and what wasn't. Somebody better help me. Hey, come on. If I've lost anything, then I can give God praise because I didn't need it in the first place. <laughs> Look at somebody. Praise God. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Read this right here. Ephesians 5. All right. It says, See then that you walk uh, circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time. Somebody say redeeming the time. In other words, in our language, we're going to say make the most out of it. Take, the, take every opportunity because the days are evil. Let me tell you one reason that God shakes you up. Let me tell you. Why should we praise God in, in the shaking? I'll tell you why. Because it shows you what really matters. Let me tell you what the enemy likes to do to you. He likes to put a bunch of things in your life that don't mean anything. You're so consumed by things. You're so consumed by this and this over here. But then when things begin to shake in your life and problems begin to come, they begin to open your eyes and make you realize that I was putting all my energy in something that didn't matter. Come on. Let me say it like this. You can't make somebody love you. Oh, y'all better hear me. You can't make somebody celebrate you. You can't make somebody want to, to be with you. Let me tell you. Why? Because you're going to waste all your energy trying to do it. If they're with you, they're going to be with you. Somebody, come on. And if God has put something in your life, you're not going to have to hold on to it with everything you got to try to keep it. My God, my God. I'm not just talking about people. I'm talking about everything in your life. How many things are you worried about right now that don't even mean anything? <laughs> you want me to take you back to something? Let me take you back when I was, when I was young. Every night, my prayer was to have a go-kart. <laughs> Dad knows this. I even put a little note, a sticky note on his office desk one day. I said, I want a go-kart. That was my prayer every day. That was the most important thing to me was a go-kart. Now, watch this. After many seasons and things in my life has come to pass, I can look back and laugh at it. Because a go-kart means absolutely nothing to me. Don't be laughing because you're the same way. You're so caught up and consumed in things that don't matter. 
well, I just don't know if brother and sister so-and-so likes me or not. Who cares? They don't even know you. And you're sitting here worried about whether they like you or not. Oh, I'm going to help you today. I'm going to deliver you. You see, this is the enemy's game plan because if you keep your focus on things that don't matter, then you can't fight for things that really matter. You can't, go ahead, you can't do it. See, he's got you tied up over here when you need to be really focusing over here. Let me tell you, let me put it to you like this. If God is wanting you to do something, you better start doing what God wants you to do. Oh, but I got this right here. I got to take her. I got that. No, that's the enemy trying to take your time away. The days are evil. It's time you make the most out of every opportunity that God has given you. I know you don't want to hear this, but let me say it to you today. If God has called you to sing, you better grab the mic. If God has called you to preach, you better grab the Bible and start preaching the word. If God has called you to lay hands on the sick, if you've got the gift of healings, you need to start laying hands on the sick and watch them recover. Quit making excuses and start making opportunities. (laughs) It shows you what really matters. How many knows now you know what I'm talking about? When things were shaking in your life, you realized what really mattered. After it was done, you realized what really mattered and what didn't. And you also realized that you were putting valuable time into people that wasn't putting valuable time into... Oh, oh, oh. It shows you what to invest in. Why? Because whatever is still remaining after the shaking... Is what I'm going to invest in. My God. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, invest in what matters. Holy, holy. Amos 9, 9. It says, for lo, I will command and shake the house of Israel among all the nations. As one shakes with a sieve. But no pebble shall fall upon the earth. So in other words, this is what God says. Sometimes I allow things to be shaken in your life to get the clutter out of you, to get the junk out of your trunk, to get things out of your life, to purify you, to clean you up, because there's things in your life that's holding you back. There's things in your life that's stopping you from being who I've called you to be. So God says, I allow the enemy to shake things up in your life. I allow things to be, to be shook in your life so that it will shake things out of you that don't belong and will keep those things that does belong. Think of it as a threshing floor, as the wheat is separated from the tear, as the chaff is separated from the grain. What has to be done? There has to be a shaking. And when they throw it up in the air, the wind takes the chaff and blows it away. And what remains is what's valuable. Mm -hmm. You say, what are you saying? You see, some of you have gone through it to this morning. Some of you have went through the trials. Some of you have went through the storms. And you say, I don't know how I made it out, but somehow I made it out. And not only did I made it out, but I, but I came out with more faith than what I had. I came out with more strength than what I had. Come on, somebody. I came out with more power than what I had. You know what that was? That was God separating the chaff out of you. That was God purifying you and shaping you and molding you.
Mm-mm-mm-mm. You see, now that I've been through some things, I realize what really matters and what doesn't. <laughs> and you see, I'm not the same person that I used to be. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. If you're going through it this morning, hear me real good. When you come out, you won't be who you used to be. But you're going to be greater than what you was. You better give God praise on that. You say, I don't believe it. Don't matter. It don't change it. You're still going to come out greater than what you did to start with. Because God, every time God shakes you, you come out a little better. Little cleaner, a little wiser, a little stronger. And it only happens in times of shaking. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's just like this. How many had people with you before the trial? Raise your hand. Now, how many people did you have after the trial? That's real, isn't it? That's the facts. You say, there's, I've been going through it this morning because there's people that I thought would always be there is no longer there in my life and I've lost so much. Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell it to you like this. If you can't be with me in my process, how can you be with me in my triumph? <laughs> See, y'all not understanding because if you did, you'd praise God. I know it hurts when people leave you. I know it hurts when people forsake you. But let me tell you something. That's just God telling you they couldn't hang with your vision. They couldn't go with your dream. They couldn't go where you were going. Why? Because if you can't handle my process, how can you handle my triumph? If people can't handle the process that God has taken you through to get you to the place where you are, how can they handle your celebration? They can't. So as I said earlier, this shows me who to invest in. You say, what do you mean? Listen to me. If you were with me in the trials, I have no problem with you being with me in the triumph. Oh, come on, come on. If you were with me when I was crying my eyes out, I have no problem you being with me when I'm jumping for joy. Come on, somebody. You need to thank God for people that said, I'm going to stick with you, even when you don't have it all together. You see, there's a lot of people in your life that will only stick with you as long as they can get something from you. Oh, but when you have a moment of weakness, when you have a moment of struggle, it seems like so many people want to leave your life. Let them leave. Because a friend is with you no matter what. Somebody say, my Jesus. Stick it closer than a brother. You know what that is? That's a friend. Oh, y'all better thank God this morning that God didn't give up on you when he had every right to. Had every right to give up on me, but he wouldn't quit. Mm-mm. So you know why? What I do now? After God has brought me through the things that He's brought me through, you know who I invest my time in? If you don't know where I am, I can tell you real quick. 
If I'm not with my family, then I'm with God. Why? Because he didn't leave me when people did. Y'all better hear me. He didn't quit on me when people did. He didn't count me out when people did. And you know what I love about God? Can I give God a praise break right now? You know what I love about God? Is that he'll raise you up in the midst of your enemies. Oh, y'all better give him praise on that. The people that counted you out is the very people that's going to witness what God does in your life. Somebody shout hallelujah this morning. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. So it's oftentimes, write this down, it's oftentimes in the shaking in your life when people will walk out of your life and abandon you. But just remember, if they walked out during your process, they could not handle your vision. They could not handle the dream that God has given you. How many's got a vision in here this morning? Come on. How many's got something? You say, God has placed something inside of me that is burning in me. I can't rest until I see it done. Well, then let me let you in on something. You're going to have people that says, I am for you. And then you're going to have other people that says, I can't handle that. Shake it off and go on. Hallelujah. Now go to 1 Chronicles 21, 1 through 3. I'm going to show you something right here. 1 Chronicles 21, 1 through 3. It says, And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. And David said to Joab, To the rulers of the people, Go and number Israel from Beersheba even unto Dan, and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. And Joab answered and said, The Lord make his people a hundred times so many more as they be. But my Lord the king, and they are, are they not all of the Lord's servants? Why then do you do this and require this thing? Why, is the, why will uh, he be caused to trespass against Israel? Let me tell you a little story this morning, and it's going to back up something I'm going to tell you. Many of you, how many has ever read this before? And you say, well, well, why did God get so mad when David took a census of the people? Why? Because I'm going to tell you why. David had an issue in his life. And you say, what was that? It started, the root of it was the rejection of his father, Jesse. You notice that when Samuel came to anoint the king of one of the sons of Jesse... They wouldn't even mention David in the field. He was rejected by his father. And this caused a pattern to happen in David's life. You say, what pattern was that? Sometimes David had this tendency to rely on people instead of God. And so you read here in this story about how Satan stood up against the nation of Israel that provoked fear into David. So what did David do? Instead of relying on God and realizing that God had it under control, no, he took a census. Why did he take a census? To see who he could rely on. How many men in his army? And you see this pattern so many times. And I want you to notice something else in David's life. That every person he ever confided in 
it seemed like he lost. Do you notice that? He confided in Saul and he lost him. He confided in Jonathan and he lost him. It seemed like every person that David would rely on instead of God, he would lose. Some of you in here this morning, your life has been shook and you're, real, and you're wondering why you, lost, you keep losing people that you keep relying on. You wonder why people keep coming and going out of your life and there's nothing, there's nothing, uh, con- there's nothing constant in your life. I'm going to help you out in here this morning. So God says, let me tell you something, David. You've sinned against me and I'm going to give you a choice. Three choices. He says, either take three years of famine, three months of destruction from your enemies, are three days of plagues by the angel of the Lord. And you know what David said? He said, I don't want to fall in the hands of my enemies. He said, I'd rather fall in the hands of God. Let me tell you something here, ladies and gentlemen. It hurts when God whips you. But I'd rather be whipped by God any day of the week than as my enemy. Somebody better give him praise on that. Why? Because when God corrects us, the Bible says it shows us that we are His. Why do you correct your child? Because you love them. Elaine is having a hard time understanding that right now. She said, that ain't love. I said, it is love. Sometimes we say that to God, don't we? God, this isn't love. If you really love me, you wouldn't allow these things to happen in my life, right? But I'm going to show you something. So David says, I'd rather fall into the hands of the Lord. So he took three days of plagues. And in three days, 70,000 people died as a result of David relying on people instead of God. Three days. And so here the angel of the Lord was standing before the threshing floor of Ornan. And God says to David, he said, build me an altar, make a sacrifice unto me on behalf of these people. And so David, and I want you to read this right here. Go down to verse 22. It says, and David said to Ornan, he said, grant me this place of his threshing floor that I may build an altar therein unto the Lord. And you shall grant it to me for full price that the plague may be stayed from the people. And Ornan said unto David, Take it to thee, and let my lord king do with that which is good in his eyes. Lo, I give thee the oxen for the burnt offerings, and the threshing floor instruments for wood, and the wheat for for the meat offering. I give it all. And And listen to what David said. David said to Ornan, No, but I will verily buy it for full price, for I will not take that which is thine for the Lord, nor burnt offerings without cost. You know what, David? David learned a lesson here. Something happened this day. When David's life was shook up this time, something happened. Let me tell you what happened. David this day quit relying on people and started relying on God on everything. Notice, you got a picture this now. Ornan says, listen, you're the king. You're God's man. I'm just going to give you this threshing floor. Which is how ironic is this 
that the very thing that God is wanting to use to stop the plagues that's going on in David's life, he wants to use the threshing floor. That's where you grind up the wheat and separate the chaff and keep the grain. How many's ever felt like you've been grounded up? Oh, yeah. Sifted out and shaken. Isn't this ironic how God told him to do this right here at the threshing floor? And so listen to what David said. He said, no, uh. He said, I'm not doing this again. I'm not relying on man anymore. If I do this, I'm going to buy it full price. In other words, anything that I give God, I'm going to give God everything. If it costs me something, it costs me something. You know, nowadays we've got this tendency to give God our leftovers. But David's, uh-uh. Whatever I give the Lord, it'll cost me something. Let me tell you something. When your life's being shaken, it costs you to worship. It costs you to praise. It costs you something, don't it? Because you don't feel like it. You want to crawl in a corner somewhere and just say, Lord, I'm tired. I can't fight no more. I can't push no more. Oh, but I don't give God anything unless it costs me something. And see, David realized something that day. I'm going to quit relying on God. God allowed these things to be took out of my life because it taught me that I didn't need them. Let me tell you something here this morning. God allowed people to walk out of your life to show you that it wasn't by them people that He was going to exalt you and lift you up, but it was by Him. God allowed you to lose material things. He allowed you to lose that job that taught you, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth. My God, y'all better help me. He taught you during the shaking. There's one more thing that God will teach you. He will teach you that you don't need all these things. All you need is Him. My God. That's it. If people come in my life and go in my life, so be it. But I can't lose Him. Oh, come on. If I lose the house, the car don't matter. But I can't lose Him. Are you listening to me? See, if you put your hope and trust in other things, you'll lose them. What did Jesus say? He said, if you seek to gain this life, you'll lose it. But if you seek to lose this life, you'll gain it. Sometimes we're a pathetic bunch of people. We are. Oh, I just can't live without so-and-so. No, baby, you can't live without God. If so-and-so wants to leave, you let them leave, but you can't make it without God. Come on, somebody. Oh, I, I, this has been such a great... I can't lose this job. Let me tell you something. Jobs will come and go, but you can't lose your provider. I said you can't lose your provider. You put your job before church, you're going to lose your job. Yeah, you heard me say it. You put your husband, your wife above the ministry that God has given you, you'll lose it. You better put God first. So David, <laughs> David learned a hard lesson, but he learned it. See, that's one thing about God. He'll let you learn the easy way or the hard way. He will. But one way, you're going to learn. One way or the other, you're going to learn. And David said, uh-uh, no more. 
No more where I rely on man. Now, come on. Any of us, we would have been like, okay, free. <laughs> I'll take it, right? But if he'd have done that, I honestly believe it would have kept going. So what have we learned so far? Sometimes things are shook in our life to show us what's valuable and what isn't. Sometimes things are shaken in our life to let us know the people that's supposed to be there and those that are not. Sometimes our life is shaken to let us know that we are not to rely on man. We're not to rely on material things, but we are to rely on God. Amen? I'm not done yet. Acts 4, 29, 31. It says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servant that they that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Go to verse 31. And when they had prayed, somebody say they prayed. The place was shaken where they were assembled together. Somebody say shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. This was the early church. And they were praying this prayer because there was a persecution going out to the church. Okay? And instead of running and hiding, that's not what they did. But they say, God, when, while our life is being shaken, we realize that it's not time to be defeated, but it's time to get the victory. So we're praying right now that you give us the boldness to stand. You give us the boldness to fight. You see, I'm going to tell you one more reason why God allows your life to be shaken. Because some of you have went to sleep on God. Some, oh, come on, somebody. Some of you have kicked it on cruise control and say, you know, I'm just going to float through this thing. Nothing going on in my life. No battles. Nothing going on. I'm just going to kick back and relax. And you let the enemy put you in a place of complacency where you just drift through this thing. Well, praise the Lord. I've been in church for 40 years. Well, you not grown for 40 years. Hello? You've got complacent. You've become lukewarm. You don't praise God like you used to. You don't pray like you used to. You don't, you don't, speak, with the, you don't speak with authority like you used to. You've lost your fire. And you know what God allows to happen? God allows the enemy to begin to fight against you. What? Yeah, you heard me. I said God allows the enemy to come into your life and begin to fight you. Because you know what happens? There's nothing that gets you awakened like you being pushed in a corner. Oh, yeah, somebody needs to hear this. There's nothing that's going to wake you up like seeing the enemy take this from you and that from you and this over here from you. You see, I told you this morning that there's some sleeping giants in here. You just don't know it. There's people in here this morning. If you realize the power that you have, you wouldn't put up with the enemy's junk like you do. But I've been sent by the Lord to tell you that God is shaking you this morning. God is allowing the enemy to put pressure on you, to wake you up, 
to make you realize, hey, I've got to do something. I've got to stand up. I've got to fight. Where is your fight this morning? Well, I've just been hit so hard. Where's your fight? The enemy hits you, you hit him harder. Come on. Hit him harder. You know what you do with bullies? Oh, y'all not going to like this. You don't do this. No. Let me tell you what you do with bullies. You hit them right in the mouth. Hello? You hit them right in the mouth. You say, what are you saying? Quit petting on the devil and say, don't hit me too hard. Start hitting him in the mouth. Look at somebody. I said, start hitting him in the mouth. Are you tired of him taking things from you that does not belong to him? Are you tired of him taking your peace? Are you tired of him taking your joy? Are you tired of him taking the health in your body that God died to give you? Are you tired of it? Then do something about it. Shake yourself this morning and realize that you have power in God. My Lord. You've got power. So go to the amplified version, Dave, or Steve, excuse me. Go to the amplified version. I love this right here. Listen to it. It says, and when they prayed, this is verse 31 again. And when they prayed, the place where they were meeting together was shaken. What's this in uh, parentheses right here? A sign of God's presence. Oh, I love that. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness and courage. See, I'm going to get some of you again. Some of you think because your life is shaken that God has left you. That God has turned from you. That God's not for you anymore. And you think... Man, I'm, I, this over here is being shook. This over here is being shaken. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And you feel like as if you're in this alone. Let me tell you what this says right here. It says, and when it was shaken, it was a sign of God's presence. Can I tell you sometimes that your life is being shaken and it's a sign that God is working in your life? Oh, y'all better praise Him right there. Hey, I might be going through it right now, but God is working on me. I might be losing things in my life right now, but God is shaping me. He's teaching me not to rely on things, but He's teaching me to rely on Him. That way, when I have things, they won't mean anything to me. He's teaching me what really matters. Yeah, I know my life's being shooken right now. I know my, that many things in my life are falling apart. But God's teaching me what's valuable and what isn't. God's teaching me what to put my time into and what not to invest into. He's teaching me. Somebody shout, He's teaching me. Oh, let your life be shaken. Because it's a sign of God's presence. See, we only think that God is moving when everything's going good and the car starts right up and all these different things. Let me tell you something. God's still moving when you've got to push your vehicle. Michael knows. Me, Josh, and Steve, we had to push a vehicle. We had to walk just to go to a church to preach one time. Then we came back out and the car was in the parking lot. 
Hey, won't he do it? Come on. That's a true story, ain't it, Michael? We walked three miles. We didn't care. We were going to make it to church. Sometimes things are being shaken in your life. It's a good thing, church. Aren't you glad? Let me tell you something. I'd rather know that somebody is not really for me right now than when after God blesses me and they take from me. Come on, church. See, you're, you're complaining to God. You need to be thanking Him right now. You need to be thanking Him for every person that walked out of your life. You need to be thanking Him. You say, well, does that mean that people won't come back, ever come back in your life? No, that doesn't mean that. Maybe they need to learn a thing or two. But you better thank God. Because He's going to show you what really matters and what doesn't. Church, let me just testify real quick. I am so thankful that God shows me what really matters and what doesn't. I look on Facebook and so many people are caught up in absolute stupidity. Things that don't mean anything. And I've got him. I thank God. Thank God this morning. Oh, my life's being shaken. Well, thank you. Because I guarantee you he's going to get the glory out of it. (laughs) And here's one more. How many is in here saved? You're saved in here. Do you know why you're saved? Because your life was shook up. Come on. You didn't come, you didn't come to God. God, I just decided to get saved. My life's so great right now. You didn't do that. No. You came with tears. God, I need you. My life's falling apart. And God stepped in. So now you see what I'm talking about. And again, maybe you've been saved, but you've lost your passion for Him. That's okay. Because God's going to let your life be shaken. I'm not saying that to criticize you this morning. I'm saying that to say you're going to get your passion back. Oh, come on. There's times we get... We get a little bit cold on our walk with God. God allows our life to be shaken. We're right back there. Come on. We're right back there. We're seeking the face of God. We're praying again. We're, 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 seek, we're reading His Word. We're declaring His Word. We're making it to church. The last thing I want to tell you today is this right here. I told you you came to God because of trouble. That's why. I want to tell you this, though, and I want everybody to hear me. Don't leave God when you're out of trouble. Oh, yes, He's a present help. Yes, He is. He's an anchor. He's a strong tower. He's a rock. He's a fortress. But let me tell you something else. He's got a heart just like you and I. And just as it hurts when people leave us when they don't need us anymore, it hurts God too. 
And people do it every day. Oh, God, if you just get me out of this, I'll serve you. God gets them out because that's who he is, and they walk out. They never, leave, they never come back. So make up your mind this morning. Why do I love God like I love him now? Because he was with me in my trouble. Because when I had nobody, he was there. And now that I have people, now that I have things, they, don't, they do not take his place. My wife knows that I love her. My kids know that I love them. But they know real quick they don't take God's place. They don't. You often hear people say, well, uh, your family is your first ministry. No. What God has called you to do is your first ministry. Hello? He said, if you love your wife, your kids more than me, you can't have me. If you love your job more than you love me, you love money love you more than you love me, you can't have me. What a God. That's so awesome that he says, I won't take second place. Because you want to know why? You ready? Because we won't take his second place. God, I want it all. I want your blessings. I want the health. I want the peace. I want the joy. We want it all, right? Well, why do you get mad when God wants it all? <laughs> I better quit. One more scripture, Ephesians 5.14. Stand to your feet. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. I believe it's time this morning that some people wake up. It's time this morning. <coughs> You've fallen asleep while the enemies took just about everything from you. Come on. Let me tell you something. The enemy don't take from you when you're on full guard. Uh-uh. He's a wimp. He don't do that. No. He, he wants to fight you when you're weak. He wants to fight you when you don't have any confidence in yourself. That's when he wants to fight you. But greater is he that is in me 